Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi there, everybody, and welcome once again to Give Them the Sports Biz. Dan Devone, like always, coming to you from San Francisco and joined from across the country, a man representing Manhattan. Of course, it's the NFL agent, Mr. Matty Marino. Matt, what do you say? 100 degrees in Manhattan today, Dan. I'm sweating, man. Nice, nice. It's <laughs> overcast and like 50 here in San Francisco. You know what? The great, what is that? <laughs> Mark Twain, the great Mark Twain said that the coldest winter he ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. And that's, it's All like right. 55 degrees out, man. It's freezing out. It's a good person but to go forget off it. Of. Yeah, forget about, uh, forget about weather. We're not here. We're not meteorologists, but we're here rather to talk about sports and more specifically to talk about the economic side of sports. So what's front and center right now is the National Football League and the Players Association. Of course, they reached a new collective bargaining agreement prior to the start of the season, prior to the pandemic. Now they've made amendments and it's called the COVID amendment so yeah. that they can play football going forward in these very, very bizarre times in 2020. Let's have you take us through some of the steps, starting with the new salary cap. What's that all about? Yeah, man. So salary cap is big. Um, obviously, you know, NFL is really the only North American sports league that has this, you know, strict, strict cap, um, hard cap, you want to call it. And, um, you know, a lot went back and forth. The owners wanted to spread it out. I'm sorry, the, the Players Association wanted to spread out the, uh, the revenue shortfalls, you know, over eight, nine year period. Um, the owners wanted to do it within two years. So, you know, obviously, in most situations, they come up with a compromise. Um, and basically what, what they did is um, for 2020, um, no 2020 players' salaries or bonuses will be reduced um, as long as there is a complete NFL season. And that language is interesting because I'm going to go back on something. And this is, you know, these are not signed off on. These are, you know, something that is, you know, still, I guess, talked about between both parties. But for the most part, um, the language is always something interesting. When you say complete, you know, I think of, and I'm sure a lot of people think of, all right, they're going to play 17 games, playoff, Super Bowl. Complete, you know, could end up being eight games and playoffs and Super Bowl. Um, I don't know what the difference between complete and full is, but I think that's just something that has to be worked out and it's just something for people to keep an eye on. Um, you know, I think the other thing that is quite interesting about the salary cap is that there's $17 million in player benefits, um, that are being canceled for the 2020 season. Um, so those are things you normally don't hear about, um, you know, second career savings plan, annuity plans, uh, severance pay, um, performance-based pay, which is a big one. Um, certainly a big one for, for players that are on incentive-based contracts, um, their tuition assistance for players going back to school. And then playoff bi week pay um, and Pro Bowl pay. Um, obviously, most likely the Pro Bowl is not going to be played. So, you know, no one's going to get paid for the Pro Bowl. Um, but certainly the playoff bi week pay, um, you know, it's not life changing money, but it's something that the players uh, certainly uh, strive towards when they're getting that bi week. Yeah, and I don't expect the Pro Bowl as well, but there are a lot of clauses that are worked into contracts, as you well know that if you're named to the Pro Bowl for the 2020 campaign, you don't have to play in the thing, but if you're named an all Pro Bowl performer, that's pretty significant. So they won't have that this year, I'm assuming? Yeah, you won't have your, your uh, performance-based pay, which is, which is interesting. Um, I think the other thing that's interesting is that 
um, the 2021 salary cap, which I think is the more important one because you're talking about next year after, hopefully after the pandemic um, subsides and sports can get back to back to normal, um, the 2021 cap will not be lower than 175 million per club, which that I think directly impacts the players more than anything because you're talking about um, players' contracts, you know, what teams can spend on them, the free agency period, um, the off season, you know, obviously the NFL draft will go on hopefully as scheduled, but really you're talking about um, free agents and, and what they're going to be able to get paid in 2021 and football revenue dictates the 2021 salary cap. That's how it works. So um, it's great that, you know, it, it's not taking a massive drop um, and that players are going to be, you know, sustained at that $175 million a team level. We saw today that Dante Hightower, the standout linebacker for the New England Patriots, has decided to opt out of the 2020 campaign and some other players may follow suit. There are clauses that the NFL has uh, collaborated with you guys and the Players Association. First of all, let's start with a voluntary opt-out. You have an opportunity as a player to not play in 2020. If you do it on a voluntary basis, what does that mean, Matt? Yep, so he's, he's in that voluntary camp. Um, you know, if he wants to do that, uh, he has to inform his club um, and the NFL Players Association in writing, um, you know, in seven days, essentially, um, in a week. Um, that player, he has to either be under contract or basically on a tender, which means, you know, a club tenders his contract. Um, but really what the big, you know, two big things are is that um, a player, let's use Donta Hightower, for example, he's got an $8 million base salary this year. Um, he will not earn that salary this year. That salary will toll, roll, basically roll over to 2021 when he comes back and he'll be eligible for a stipend of $150,000 to be treated as a salary advance um, in his situation. Um, so that's a voluntary opt-out. Uh, the $150,000 is the voluntary version. Um, if, you know, obviously you have uh, players that are higher risk um, that are, you know, could be immunocompromised, um, could have serious conditions, you know, like sickle cell disease, asthma, um, and a number of other obviously um, conditions. Someone like James Conner, you know, running back from the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's a cancer survivor, you know, could be in that, in those categories as well. Um, if the players in the higher risk category uh, want to opt out. Um, they're looking at a, at a different situation. Um, their stipend is $350,000, uh, which is not an offset um, on prior salary and doesn't uh, hit against a salary advance. Um, so again, their, 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 their contract will toll, roll over to 2021, but they'll get double the, of the 150 or a little bit more than you know, the 150. Um, so it's a little bit different if you're a player that's uh, of high risk. There's also an item in there called canceled season payment obligations stipends. Mm -hmm. What is that exactly? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a, you know, let's call it a payment obligation uh, stipend. So, you know, if the 2020 season is canceled or suspended, um, that's the interesting part, I think, because I think in all likelihood, there could be, you don't know how long suspension would last. Um, you know, look at the NBA, for instance, they've been suspended for a long period of time. 
Um, but in the NFL, players that are under contract for 2020, um, that includes practice squad players, they will retain their signing, reporting, roster bonuses, and any off-season workout bonuses that were earned prior to the cancellation of the season. Um, and then also players will retain any of their paragraph four or five salary signing bonus or base salary um, earned to the cancellation prior to the cancellation of the season. So that's important, um, especially, you know, if there is a suspension, you know, in October or November and, you know, it, it takes after the NBA or it takes after um, the NHL and you don't know when the, the season will be able to restart. Um, so players also including those on IR, they will not um, be entitled to compensation other than the stipend amounts um, that's kind of listed, you know, out in this uh, in this agreement between the uh, the players' association and the ownership. Um, so, for example, um, if you know, let's just go with a player that's on a ninety-man roster. Um, so, season's canceled, you know, August twentieth or suspended August twentieth, um, and that player earned a credited season in two thousand nineteen. Um, so that player played in three or more games uh, in 2019, that player is eligible for a $250,000 stipend and his health insurance. Um, if it's a player that did not play in three games last year, did not earn a credited season, that player is eligible for $50,000. Um, and again, same type of thing. The contracts roll over. Um, they, they toll for, you know, 2021. And then, of course, you have stipends for cancellation after roster cut down as well as for yep. the practice squad. Is yep. that right? Yeah, you got both of those as well. Um, so if there's a stipend uh, after the roster cut down, so like everyone knows around Labor Day weekend, you know, NFL rosters tend to go from tend to go. They, they go from 90 to 53. Um, and all players on the roster at the time of the cancellation, uh, they'll receive $300,000, which is offset by – what they call paragraph five or paragraph four salary uh, earned during the season, um, including health insurance, NFL player health insurance. And if you're on the practice squad, you got a hundred thousand dollars coming your way um, as well as your player health insurance. And that's important because the practice squad essentially look, that's, that's week to week. Um, that's, that's a tough act, you know, to keep up the entire season. So um, it gives a player on that, in that situation, you know, some stability that they don't, they don't normally don't get. And we've talked about this on previous shows about how vital and how important the practice squads are in this 2020 campaign. After seeing what we witnessed with the Florida Marlins, and now they got 17 players, and they're going to have to shut down, uh, making the baseball analogy where Major League Baseball now has this dark cloud with the Florida Marlins sort of hanging there, and we'll see what happens going forward. But what we, what we, and the reason why I use that as an example is that we have seen that and it can happen quickly. It can happen in terms of affecting a lot of players quickly. And so as it relates to the NFL, where there's the intimacy and the contact is unlike the other professional sports, that you can easily see an entire group, because you know, if you know anything about the NFL, oftentimes practices are done by groups. You're with the, NFL, you're with the linebackers, you're with the DBs, with the O-line. And should one O-lineman get it, there's a good chance that they're all out. And so having a practice squad where guys can just step up and fill that spot could be something that we can see frequently throughout this very bizarre 2020 campaign. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, between, you know, not just practice squads, you know, or not just uh, positive tests, but also just 
the fact that these guys haven't been in a facility, haven't been, you know, in football shape, call it, you know, for a long time. Um, so certainly I think not only the positive test will affect them, but also, you know, being out of shape, um, you know, there'll be a lot more injuries, I believe, soft tissue type injuries. Uh, so I think all those things considered, there will certainly be um, a need for the, uh, you know, for the practice squad to be, like we talked about, um, you know, not just a practice squad, guys really playing snaps, guys playing uh, special teams and guys being able to be versatile and, and playing, uh, you know, positions earlier on uh, than they do in, in normal seasons. Okay, let's get back to this proposed amendment that came down and was sent to the players and agents. Contract guarantee protection in suspended or canceled season in 2020. What's going on there, Matt? Yep. So that's big, actually. Um, and, you know, this is something that, um, you know, we've talked about in, in other situations. Uh, so a player's total 2020 guaranteed salary basically will be calculated um, based off the player contract at the beginning of the 2020 season. Um, now, obviously, that can fluctuate a little bit. Um, if games are canceled during the 2020 season, uh, after the regular season starts, um, clubs, teams will essentially not be obligated to pay the salary protected um, by the 2020 guaranteed salary during the 2020 season. Um, so what that basically means is um, the normal kind of situation that the NFL goes through, um, you know, if a player, if a, if a club terminates a player before uh, this agreement, you know, is, is kind of signed off on, the club is obviously obligated to pay the player um, in entirety, full, full pay. Um, for the players that um, essentially don't have uh, a 2020 uh, player contract um, or guaranteed salary, um, those players that did not opt out, um, those both, you know, both the player and the team roll those protections um, to any unpaid guaranteed salary uh, for the players unprotected salary um, that were not paid during the 2020 season. Um, so it gives the player some, you know, some form um, of a guarantee. Um, but obviously, you know, in, in this situation, you know, with the um, unsteadiness or unsureness of everything that can transpire during the season, um, a lot of these can, uh, kind of convert into, uh, being rolled over into 2021. Um, obviously if players, you know, are under the same, uh, team contract in 2021 as well. Um, but what I think it actually does, um, you know, let's just, you know, work off an example. Um, if a player has, you know, $10 million in salary, uh, in 2021, um, he's got half of that fully guaranteed. Um, and if uh, that player earned $5 million in salary before, 2020, uh, before the 2020 season was canceled, um, he'll have no guaranteed rollover protection. Um, so that's something that you guys got to think about um, in terms of, you know, more of the veteran players who have that, um, you know, who have those uh, guarantees in their salary for rookies. You're not going to see a lot of this. Um, obviously, you know, like even like with a Joe Burrow signing today, you're not going to see a lot of these situations. But this is this is something that's for the veteran players around the NFL. So as we take you through this amendment, this has been proposed. Are the players on board? Are the agents on board? Is this something that's going to be signed off on? Are we going to go forward? Or are there still some hangups between the two sides? 
Um, it, it, look, it's going forward. I mean, I don't really think they care if the agents were on board or not, but uh, players, <laughs> they certainly care game. about. Um, but um, no, I, that, that I think, you know, the NFL Players Association worked hard with the owners to try to get this done. This is basically, this is essentially a second, you know, CBA. Um, so I think you will have, you know, these things are moving forward. Um, you're going to have players, you know, you have players reporting the camp. Um, you have players being tested. They're in, you know, they're going through the first phase um, of testing, you know, this week, physicals, walkthroughs, uh, things of that nature. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, right now it, it's going ahead um, very similar to how MLB went ahead with spring training in their, in their local locations. And so assuming that we get back to normal next year and that it's a, typical, it's a conventional, typical NFL football season, we get back to where we were at the CBA, right? And all of this sort of the amendment that we're looking at, we just went through that pertains to this 2020 campaign. There's no carryover next year. Should next year be a quote unquote normal season? Right. Yeah. You're, you're on point with that. Exactly. Um, and that's what we're all hoping for. We're hoping for, you know, a normal season next year. Um, very straightforward. Let's put it that way. Very, very straightforward next year. <laughs> Let's just get this in before we move on. Cause I know you deal with a lot of these guys and some of your clients happen to be undrafted free agents. How yeah. do they factor into all of this? You know, in terms of a stipend, should they not make the team? The undrafted free agents are in a tough spot. Um, mainly, they're in a tough spot every year, but they're even in a tougher spot this year because, you know, you have teams cutting from 90 to 80 without ever seeing these guys. Um, so the likelihood of them getting on another roster that can only go to 80 is very, very slim. Um, then you're talking about uh, players that are not eligible um, for all these stipends, whether they're opting out um, – as a voluntary opt out, if it's a um, if it's a priority opt out, that's you know quite different, um, or a um, you know a high risk opt out, that's quite different. But as a voluntary opt out, they're not you know they're not given those protections. Um, and look, that's just one of those things that that happens in negotiations. The NFL Players Association, you know, has to protect um, their players, and the owners are trying to protect their teams. And you know, someone's going to be unhappy with that. Um, so for, for undrafted free agents, it's a tough spot. They want to play football. They want to have the opportunity um, that they, um, you know, any op opportunity that they can have to make a 53-man roster um, or a practice squad. But um, that coming out of camp will be very hard this year. I do think, though, they will be benefited by um, all the positive testing that will be taking place um, and then certainly – you know, the uptick in injuries that I anticipate this year. Like always, we like to bend your ear and find and get your sort of your take and your the inside look on contracts or, or trades that take place in the NFL. And the big one this past week, of course, involved the New York Jets and their star star safety, a gentleman by the name of Jamal Adams, who goes from New York, gets his wish. And boy, he lands on his feet. He goes to a yeah. Super Bowl contender out west with the Seattle Seahawks. First of all, can you tell us what, what it was that was the big hangout with him in New York? Was it the fact that the Jets are such a bad football team, or was it that he felt as though he was not going to get paid? Well, look, I think you get a little bit about that on, on both sides, right? You know, the Jets have been a bad football team. You know, he's – look, but what you want to do as a football team is you want to be able to hold on to your own players, the players you draft. Um, so I think that's something that, um, you know, probably – you know, sometimes it goes overlooked a little bit. Um, you want to be able to hold on players that you draft because they come up through your building. Um, and in a situation like him, 
I think he's just going to a franchise that values that position more than the New York Jets. Seattle Seahawks, they put more money in that position. Um, there is a higher, you know, obviously a level of success out in Seattle um, as compared to the New York Jets. Um, and, you know, I think there was a lot of, not controversy, but a lot of turnover between the Jets front office, coaching staff, um, since he's gotten in the door. Um, and that affected him over the past three years. And he didn't really feel a sense of stability here. So he goes to a Seattle Seahawks football team that really, as you mentioned, I guess it just depends on who the coach is because Pete Carroll is a guy that likes, first of all, that side of the ball, but he's also somebody that likes to build from the back end of that, that back yeah. seven, that being, of course, the safety position. If you, all you have to do is remember Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas, really the backbone of those successful defenses in their Super Bowl run. But this is a guy that, I mean, you, he, he'll line up and play, you know, not only free and strong safety, but he'll drop down, he'll play some linebacker, and he'll even drop down and, and come off the edge and play in the box. I mean, he is a, a definite playmaker. Do you think this is somebody that can put Seattle over the edge in terms of getting and winning a Super Bowl again? Oh, he, he – yeah, look, he brings a tremendous amount uh, to that franchise. Um, like you said, he can play pretty much anywhere you line him up, um, you know, outside the defensive line. He can play in the box and, you know, cover some running backs. He can cover a tight end. He's physical. He'll play special teams if he's asked to. I don't think they will. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Pete Carroll builds from the back. Um, he's had those defenses um, previously in Seattle. That's essentially what took him to the Super Bowl. Um, and that's how they run their offense. Um, their offense is run because their defense gets turnovers. Um, and Jamal Adams can certainly do that. Um, certainly, that's a very tough division out there. Um, you know you're playing against some good quarterbacks, some good offenses. Um, you know, between, you know, the Cardinals and, and Kyler Murray, who's a young guy, the 49ers, obviously, and, and Garoppolo, Jared Goff and the Rams, you know, obviously had a bit of a down year, but, you know, we're in the Super Bowl two years ago. Um, so to compete, you're going to need some guys in the back end uh, to match up with, with those offenses. So uh, Pete Carroll's been there for a long time. Uh, I think it certainly helps, you know, the Seahawks get there. And, you know, you have another veteran. And, you know, veterans are really going to be, um, counted on highly this year because um, of all the knowledge and uh, leadership that they bring, you know, to an organization, whatever organization it is, coming out of a, you know, a season with no offseason uh, to get things going right away. Who got the better end of the deal? Uh, mm, you know, I, I would say the Jets did. Um, oh, wow. Okay. But it depends. I th Look, to get two first-round picks – I think the Jets, you know, you gotta you gotta translate that. That has to convert that into something, though. If you convert that into players that don't get on the second contracts for your franchise, you know, Seattle Seahawks still. Uh, but in the short term, Seattle Seahawks they 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 win this thing in the next year or two. Um, win the deal in the next year or two, certainly. Um, but I think if the Jets are smart, Joe Douglas is smart. He is a smart guy. He came from Philly, where this is a a norm. Um, I think the Jets actually end up as the winner down the road. You know, you, you're a perfect guy to ask because obviously you deal and you delve into the NFL draft every year. Don't you think that sometimes, especially this first round pick, you're not talking about a top 10 or a top 15 guy. This is Seattle. So you're probably picking towards the end of the first round, maybe after, you know, 2025 in that sort of in that range. But don't you think, Matt, that sometimes we or teams or GMs, and again, just the fan base have a tendency to just glamorize and fall in love when we hear first rounder, first round pick, first round pick. I mean, Pete Carroll has shown time and time again, I'll find dudes on that third or fourth round. 
uh, I'll get, you know, DK Metcalf or KJ Wright or Richard Sherman. I mean, if you know personnel, yeah, you can have my first rounders. I'm getting an impact player and I'll find guys in that, you know, second, third round. Do you think that from time to time we just fall in love with, with the semantics of a, a first rounder? Yeah. And I mean, look, that's, look, it's the rating system for them coming out of college. Right. And, you know, a lot of the times those guys keep getting chances. Um, you know, I was just reading something on the Jets a few days ago about all the first, second round picks that they've drafted. And I think it's since 2014 that never made the second contracts um, in their franchise. And I think it was seven, um, you know, so, you know, they, yeah, first round picks, they're going to keep getting chances. Me and you both know that, you know, fans know that, um, you know, and teams know that too, because, you know, they all rate them very similarly. Um, you know, if you're, if you're rated as a first round guy, as a second round guy, you know, generally most teams have you in that, you know, range and not, you know, it's, it's not going to be a, a second round guy and a seventh round guy. Um, so, so first, yeah, first rounders, second rounders, they get a lot more chances than the average guy does. Um, unless, you know, you're a, you're a guy that's a fifth, sixth rounder who has just, outplayed your draft position, um, you know, turn into a superstar, a Victor Cruz type guy, you know, and, and they'll earn some chances too, as you know, but it just takes them a little bit longer to do so. Let's get back to this amendment and let's talk more about football in the sense, whether we're actually going to see it this year. And, and of course you can't, again, whether this is the NBA or the NFL and certainly major league baseball, I think it, it gets back to what happened with the Florida Marlins over the weekend. Cause you're talking baseball. Football is all – you want to social distance, that's, that's a complete – It's tough. No, you don't social distance in football. That's not the object of the sport. It's all about, it's all about contact. And you're talking upwards to, you know, 90 dudes that you're carrying on a team with a practice squad. And how, how is this – I mean, I guess what's the ceiling, do you think, with the NFL? They know that guys are going to test positive, but at what point or what has to happen in terms of outbreaks where they're going to shut it down? Um, you know, I, I kind of take what Roger Goodell said uh, with a little bit of a grain of salt, and that's kind of going back to what I was saying before. You know, there's a difference between a complete season and a full season. Um, you know, a full season, I guess, is the 17 games and playoffs and Super Bowl. Complete season is getting to the end of the race, you know, playing a Super Bowl no matter how many regular season games you play. So you have to stop and start, um, restart, stop again. You know, I think for this um, – you might. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.